Oh, good morning. Good to see you. I'm so glad that you're here with us. If you're joining us online, welcome to Vineyard's online service. We're certainly glad that you have chosen to uh, grow with us. And we are talking about growing. We're in a series called World Changers. I love that title because uh, it says a lot in a little. Uh, first thing, God's interested in us changing. He's committed to us changing. He's, uh, he's more committed to it than we are. And when we change our lives, when we change our world, we, we start changing other people. I mean, we, we have people we influence around us for good or for bad. And when we make positive changes in our own life, it starts to reverberate out in concentric circles to the people we influence. Ultimately, together we're involved in this uh, worldwide revolution that God is orchestrating. And we play our part and then God orchestrates the whole thing and changes the world. And so that's why it's so exciting to be, uh, be world changers. But it begins with our world. That's why today I want to talk to you about setting faith goals. Setting faith. Now it might sound real spiritual, and it is, but it really is about setting goals for our body, our mind, and our spirit. Because we are made up of three parts. God is a triune God. There's God the Father, God the, the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and He designed us in a similar way where we're made up of three parts. And so we want to make sure that we don't lose balance on that. There is a temptation, certainly, to emphasize one or two and not all three. And so if we're going to be uh, fit, if we're going to be uh, physically fit, mentally fit, spiritually fit, we need to make sure and we don't focus one over the other. The great American basketball coach, the general, said this, most people have the will to win, few have the will to prepare to win, Bobby Knight. I love that statement because sometimes we just assume one means the other, they don't. Having the will to win, being, having big dreams, having a big vision, a passion to do something, that's all awesome, it really is. But having the passion and the desire to prepare to reach those dreams, that's that really separates people because that's the part that often is the most difficult. How Taking the time, developing the habits in our lives, conditioning ourselves so that we are prepared to do great things. And that means body, mind, and spirit. So let's look at that. First of all, we're going to begin with that first part of us, uh, which is the physical conditioning, the actual, our body. The Bible says this, I pray, this is Paul speaking, uh, he, excuse me, John, he says, I pray that you may enjoy good health, good health, and that all may go well with you even as your soul is getting along. So if I were to say that God is interested in your soul growing, you probably would say, yeah, I, I, that doesn't surprise me. It may surprise you to know that God wants you in good health. He says, I, I want you physically healthy. That is God's desire for you. And so that is an important part of us having a balance in our lives in the Christian faith, that God wants us to enjoy good health. Here in the Proverbs it says, listen well to my words. Those who discover these words live, really live. Now notice, body and soul. 
They're bursting with health. God desires for you to have health in your body. Now, that goes all the way back from the very beginning. I mean, Adam and Eve, they had perfect health. And throughout the Old Testament, we see all these rules and regulations on health. Jesus is all about healing people because health is important. In fact, Jesus was tempted by the devil to harm his body. There's lots of ways to harm our body. And Satan tries to use some verse, says, hey, you can do whatever you want. Treat your body as poorly as you want. God will heal it. God will protect you. And here's what Jesus says. He answers back. He goes, well, it also says in the Bible, this is Jesus to Satan. It also says in the Bible not to put the Lord their God to a foolish test. Do we do that? If we, if we treat our bodies poorly and just kind of presume on God that he'll protect us, he'll heal us, are we falling into the same category? Possibly. So goals for better physical conditioning. Let's look at that. I'm going to give three for each category. Three. First is, is maintain your ideal weight. Now that can be challenging, right? I throw that out there, you're going, whoa, whoa, time out. Time out. Making me feel bad now. That's not my goal. But listen, my, I, I, I'm just saying God wants you to have health. And there is a tie to, how, to your physical condition. Now, some people use the BMI. Some people say, no, it's really body composition. But the reason they use body composition is because they say, well, you know, like an NFL running back, their BMI is way out of whack. There's not too many of those, an NFL, you know, running back. But, but either way, they, you want to stay in the range. Hey, this is kind of, and if you're not sure what it is, trainers, nutritionists, your, 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 your doctor can help you with that. Certainly for a younger person, it's easier to achieve that, right? And to maintain that. It is much harder as we get older, as we become, as we have more injuries. I have a good friend. And uh, we were chatting, uh, this was like a couple years ago, and he was he's super athletic when he was younger, and now not so, so much. And so he says, Andy, listen, there's, there's, a, there's an easy way, I mean, it's not easy, but there's a simple way for you to maintain your, your body composition. I said, well, what is it? He goes, no, no, do you really want to know? I said, yeah. He goes, well, as you get older, it's not about how much you exercise, it's about controlling what goes in, you know, what you eat, what you drink. And that was kind of a wake-up call. You know, some of this stuff isn't, isn't rocket science. It's just like, do you really want to hear it? Do you, are you really interested in that? The Bible says each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable. And so this, he says you can, that's something you can learn. Something you can learn. It's something we, 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 we learn self-discipline. So, and this, you know, this applies to our physical body. Now, you know, it's harder when, when, when the, you know, when we're out of, out of control, when, we, when, when we're in a bad place and we're trying to bring it back in. COVID was difficult on a lot of people because for many of us, uh, we became even more sedentary. Uh, often uh, we go through stress, and for some of us, 
the way we have learned to cope with stress is, you know, doing things that are not helpful for our body. So it's something we learn. We learn to care for our body. There's medical reasons, certainly. But, uh, and, and sometimes some of us struggle with that for, for reasons like maybe hereditary. There's other things that are, but for most of us, it's controlling what we eat, controlling what goes into our body. It says control yourself if you have a big appetite. So I didn't say that. Uh, the Bible says that. I'm just we're just re, we're just doing a Bible study this morning, right? Can't eat everything you want and as much as you want and still maintain uh, your. Your, 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 your weight, moderation is better than muscle. You can hit the gym all you want. But moderation is, is really what's elevated here. Is, is, that's part of that learning, learning moderation. I read a book uh, a while back called Body for God by Ben Lerner. He, a lot of good things in there. Uh, but one of the things he, he said that, you know, in the morning we tend to need more carbohydrates because that gives us energy, morning and the afternoon, to do what we need to do throughout the day. In the evening, we need more of the amino acids that, uh, you know, from the proteins to build, uh, our, 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 just to restore us and to repair muscle and all those kinds of things. And so he says, just doing that, being more strategic in how you eat, can make a big difference. So there's a lot of things uh, that, uh, it's a learning process. It's a learning process. Learning to control your own body. Uh, number two is commit yourself to a regular exercise program. So exercise, I think most of us would agree, is, is helpful. You know, we, we're supposed to, our bodies were designed to do some kind of exercise. The problem is, so few of us do it anymore. You know, you get up, and you just kind of like, it's just a few steps to the bathroom, and then a few steps to the car, and then a few steps to work. We just don't do a whole lot, you know. And especially if you have a desk job like me, you need it takes intentionality. Now, if you go onto Facebook Marketplace and offer up, you'll see lots of used exercise equipment. <laughs> so it's 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 readily available because I think we know as a society, hey, we should be exercising. But then it sits there for a while, and we think, well. You know, let's get rid of that. You know, I could use that for uh, that space for something else. And sometimes we can, part of the problem is we start to justify why it's okay. Now, hey, listen, none of us are perfect. We're all in a journey. We're all kind of working through stuff. No problem. Let's just not build theology around it, right? I mean, if we're, we're struggling, because we all have the things we're struggling on could be, you know, you know, patience or yeah, I'm learning to do, you know, uh, be more accepting, more, be kinder to people. I mean, there's all kinds of things. Let's just not, if we're struggling with stuff, that's fair. Let's just not build excuses. Because that's what they did in the early church with, with uh, the Gnostics. I think we talked about that last week, how they said, no, actually the body's not that important. So you can, you can treat your body as poorly as you want. And God's okay with that. That's now we're building theology, saying that's why I'm actually pleasing God by, you know, treating my, my body poorly. Well, we, we don't want to do that. That's why 
uh, Paul was actually speaking to the Christians that were saying that, that were devaluing the body. He said, no, actually glorify God with your body. Glorify God with your body. And, of course, there's other verses. I love this one. Workouts in the gym are useful. You go, well, I don't have a gym membership. Well, I think you know the point. I mean, he was speaking to a Greek audience, and they did create, you know, the gymnasiums and all. But the fact is we live in a different day when, you know, back in those days they walked everywhere. To have even a camel or a, a, a horse or a, a donkey was like a big deal. And we don't. In fact, just, there's just a separation between generations. Baby boomers. Surgeon General has said in a study that baby boomers walk, basically burn 800 calories less than their parents did. Just in, the, in, in that one generation. So that means we have to run like a mile. Uh, we have to run an hour, not a mile. An hour just to keep up with where our parents were. And then, see, we're just in a different place, right? And so, in, in that day, they, every had, everybody did physical labor. Today, we don't. We have sedentary jobs. And that day, they ate healthy, natural foods. Today, we eat processed foods or junk food. That day, it was somewhat tension-free. Today, it's stress-filled. All of those things add up to more challenges. Here, how do you know when you're out of shape? Well, you know you're out of shape. When you feel like the morning after and you didn't go anywhere the night before, right? You know your body's in trouble when your knees buckle and your belt won't. You know you're in trouble when you see your friends running and you hope they'll twist an ankle. <laughs> and you know you're in trouble when you breathe harder walking up a set of stairs than you do when you hold your sweetheart's hand. <laughs> so this is important. This is important. You go, hey, I'm going to church to grow spiritually. Your, your body is part of who you are. They're not separate things. How you care for your body is important. And, and the key is to build habits incrementally. So, like, if I could choose, if, if, if you actually would say, Andy, okay, what do you want from me? Here's what I want from you. You, as I'm speaking, as we're doing our Bible study, you're prayerful about one thing. God, what's one thing out of all that I learned today that I can do? And if you take a step in that direction, I consider that a huge win. Uh, not an overhaul of your entire life. That's pretty unrealistic. But if you prayerfully say, God, what is one thing that you want me to change starting today? And you take a step in that direction that is a big win. So uh, that's, that's certainly what I'm hoping for you. And then get enough sleep and rest. Sleep and rest are, are, are also an important part of who you are. I love this verse. Psalm 127, in vain you rise up early and stay up late. The Living Bible says God wants his loved ones to get their rest. And so rest, it's actually part of the Ten Commandments. Every seventh day, you rest, right? Jesus insisted on R&R for his disciples. They were going about doing all kinds of stuff. And from time to time, as you read the Gospels, you see he'd say, okay, it's time to rest. And for us, we need to make sure we have times to rest. Not only the Sabbath, but also getting the proper amount of sleep. I mean, I think sometimes the enemy of sleep is late night television. 
gaming, you know, you're playing people from all over the world, uh, binging on Netflix a series, you're trying to push it through to watch the, the last three seasons, I mean the last three episodes, or three seasons, you know, binge, you know how binging goes. And so we don't get very much sleep. And then, of course, that affects if, we're, if we have the energy to exercise. Of course, if you're a sleepwalker, then I guess you get both in at the same time. But that's, that's a rarity, right? Physical conditioning is part of our faith goals. Then you also have mental conditioning. It says prepare your minds for action and, the, and, uh, and be self-controlled. That Greek word for, for prepare is actually like gird up your minds like a soldier would cinch up his belt for battle, being mentally fit. Mentally fit. Neurologists tell us that we can store 100 trillion facts in our minds. 100 trillion facts. And we have 10,000 thoughts a day, which equals about 3.5 million a year. And we all know that we only use a fraction of our mind's capacity. Some people say 10%, but regardless, it's, a, it's, it's less than the full amount. And, and more and more, as, they, as neurologists have been studying uh, how, to, how to stave off dementia and Alzheimer's, they're saying the more you utilize your mind, especially as you get older, you're less likely to have dementia. That's important. I mean, dementia is, there's a lot of people that have, as they get older, they, they they have dementia come on, and this is one of the best ways to stay. So when you go into retirement, you don't just hang up. I'm done. I'll just atrophy my brain. Doesn't really matter. I'm done learning. I'm done pressing in. That's not a good recipe for you, for any of us. And so we want to have continued growth. You're here. You're alive. Regardless of what other people are doing, regardless of your age, you should be growing and learning and stimulating your mind, and stretching your thoughts, and, go, and, and, and using those, you know, our mind is a gift from God. You continue to steward that gift, use that gift, and push for mental conditioning. So you develop a reading plan is the first way I'm suggesting you to do that. Now, reading is a great way to grow in your mental capacity. Of course, the, sadly, the average American male only reads one book a year. There's not on Father's Day and Mother's Day, you know, we'll, sometimes we'll give mothers a book and they're happy. If we were to give dudes a book, they'd be like, "What is your problem?" If we give if we give them a cookie, they're happy, you know. <laughs> cookie, awesome, you know, hot dog or something. And I'm a guy, I get it. But we need to do that. Now, you know, it's th this uh, audiobook field is going through the roof. It's already at 2 billion just in the U.S., 6 billion worldwide. And so that's a great way to, that counts. Sometimes people that are like totally into reading, they go, that doesn't count. Who made you the judge and the ruler? <laughs> just be quiet. That counts, okay? You heard it from me. Audiobooks count. Okay, read some, listen to audiobooks. Paul valued reading. He's in the prison in Rome, and he says, don't forget to bring me books and the parchment. These are books that, that were, it's like they used a, a paper, a type of paper, and the parchment's 
animal skin, so it's leather. So he goes, yeah, I want the, the paperback and the leather bound. Bring them to me. I need them. I need them. So he's, he, he sees the value in that. Hey, I need to be growing mentally, particularly because he was in a stage in his life when he was very sedentary because he was in a prison. And then here's the, I just threw this verse in for those who like audiobooks. He who listens will be wise. It works for me. You need to have a verse, right? When somebody pushes back, boy, wait a minute. Pastor Andy said Proverbs 23, 19. Americans spend more money on beer than they do on books. Maybe that's why our stomachs are bigger than our minds. I don't know. Number two, spend time with wise people. Wise people. People that are going the direction you want to go. He who walks with the wise will be wise. There's power in association. You know that old phrase, you can't fly with the eagles if you're running with the turkeys. And there's some truth to that because other people build us up, they challenge us, they inspire us. Uh, we learn from them. Uh, if, there's, if you want to grow in an area, you need other people to help you to grow in that area. If you have a business, uh, some business goals, find people that have, that have accomplished some of the things you want to accomplish in business and connect with them. If you want to grow spiritually, grow in your Christian life, you find people that have, have, have grown spiritually and you get around them. I've done that with, as, for years as pastoring. I pastored this church almost three decades. And for many, many years, I would find pastors that had churches larger than mine. Because you have different issues in big, as churches grow and they go through certain stages. And I would fly to these round tables or I'd just fly to, I'd go early to a conference so I could have lunch with somebody and ask them questions. I'm not there just chit-chatting. I want to know things. And so I'm, I'm, I'm but here's, Here's the thing with a mentor relationship. Like Paul and Timothy, they had a mentoring relationship. Timothy was learning. Paul was mentoring, teaching. That mentors won't reach out to you. So if you're waiting for that, uh, you'll, you'll be waiting a long time. Because mentors never reach out. It's, if, if, it's up to you to reach out to somebody. Now, the mentors I know, they almost never say no. They, they're often very busy, so you have to probably work into their schedule. And, but they, that's what mentors, mentors don't mind teaching in most cases if they know somebody's serious about it. You know, they, they, they reach out to them, they do their homework that's asked or whatever's, whatever's going on there. But you, you need to be the person that reaches out. So you create a little list of here's some, some things I want to do in my life. Here's some goals. Here's some people that I think if I could learn some things, I'd love to learn from them. And then you reach out to them. So you have a reading plan. You uh, connect with people that are wise. And then also you write your ideas down. Right? You have ideas. God gives us ideas. We must pay, attention, pay careful attention to what we hear so that we don't let it slip. Good ideas can slip away. And it happens all the time, right? Think of all the good ideas you've had throughout your life. And how many, how few that actually got implemented. And often it's just because you forgot. And then you're watching Shark Tank and you thought, I thought of that. You know? 
Yeah, I had that very same thing. But the difference is they wrote it down and they did something with it. You didn't. And so you write it down. The U.S. Air Force once did a study and they found that that the average person forgets 90 to 95% of what they hear within 72 hours. That means by Wednesday, most of you have forgotten almost everything I've said, which isn't necessarily bad, right? Depends how you look at it. But if you want to grow and you want to, you want to, you want to uh, be mentally conditioned, you need to ta- make it a habit that you're taking notes. You're writing ideas down. Because we're often good at letting things slip. We're good forgetters. I know when I was a, a new Christian, I, I, turned, I became a Christian at 18, and those first few years were really rough. I mean, I, I loved the Lord. I was like fired up, but I kept falling back and not doing well. I was like a malaria Christian. I'd get fever and then chills and fever and chills and up and down and backslidden and then forward going and backslidden. And my problem really was not that I didn't love God and was dedicated. I, would, I just didn't know. And I would forget. People would tell me stuff and I would forget. So I made it part of my journey that I write down things. As I started getting involved in church, I would take notes. That's part of the reason I provide you notes. Our church provides you notes. Because we want you to remember. You can write in the margins. You can write in your, your Bible. But part of your journey of, of being conditioned mentally will be that you write down. You don't let it slip. Spend your time and energy in the exercise of keeping spiritually fit. So that's the third thing. Your body, physically fit. Your mind, mentally fit, mentally fit, and then spiritually fit. Let's look at how you can do that. Number one is through fellowship. Fellowship within the context of the local body of Christ. Fellowship. This is not the time to pull away, the Bible says, and neglect meeting together as some have formed the habit of doing. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward. You cannot be spiritually fit without fellowship. They go together. Now, you, some people go, yeah, but I can worship God in the mountains, out on a boat by myself. Yeah, you can, you can worship God alone, but you can't fellowship alone. And fellowship is part of how we become spiritually fit. Spiritually, it's an inter, we're intricately connected to uh, what God is doing on earth through the local church. And when we, uh, when we stop going and stop meeting together, we pull away, what happens? Well, we start to cool down. Kind of like a, you know, you have like a, bris- a little fire with briskets and you pull one out. They're all glowing. You pull one out, it cools off by itself. The others are gr- they're glowing, ready to cook whatever you're going to cook. You put that back in, it starts glowing again. Starts getting hot. We need one another because that's part of the way we encourage one another. We need it. Other people need it as well. And when you pull away and you've got kids, your kids, their fledgling faith starts to wane. If you have youth, they stop coming. They're starting to figure, they're, they're trying to figure out 
morality and all kinds of things. And that starts to wane. Seekers start to cool in the seeking process. And we start to lose sight of the great redemptive world-changing process God has us involved in. And we just get caught up in our own little world. And so part of being spiritually fit is fellowship. Also renew your soul through Bible study. Through Bible study. Now, reading the Bible is an important part of our spiritual nutrition. You're my place of quiet retreat. I wait for your word to renew me. Renew me. Personal Bible study. When, we're in, when we take the time to read the Bible, so you, sometimes we watch the news to get, hey, what's going on in the world? When we, when we turn off the news and we open up God's word, we're saying, what's going on in the universe? From God's perspective. What's really going on? We get the larger picture. And it helps us to focus off of our own problems, off of the world's problems, and onto what God is doing. That's, the Bible refers to that as walking in the Spirit. How do you do that? Well, you're, fo- you're looking for what God's doing. Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing. If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples. So you continue. Psalm 19 is a whole psalm about the value of God's word in our lives. We get b- these benefits in our, in, our, in our life when we read it, when we study it, when we memorize it. And if you go a day without reading the Bible, your soul is hungry. If you go three days without reading the Bible, your soul is starting to uh, fast and, 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 and shrivel up, especially if you go weeks. And what if I were to write a, a book? And it was a book on dieting, physical dieting. And, uh, and it became a bestseller, New York Times bestseller. Everybody's talking about my book. And my book basically is you fast for six days and then you pig out anything you want on the seventh day. Now, even if it's a New York Times bestseller, does, is that a good diet? Probably not, right? Pig out once a week and you fast the other six days. And that's what some of us do. You know, we don't, we don't open the Bible once. And then on Sunday, we pig out. And then we wonder why we have spiritual indigestion. Like, oh. so much I can't take all this there it is you're pigging out once a week I I didn't call you a pig (laughs) I know I'm on the edge as it is but (laughs) listen just I when I preach I my the thing that the only thing I really my I have one rule just to let you know this is not in the notes I'm way off here is that you fall asleep, and some of you do, but no, that, that, you, that you like aren't moved at all. I'd rather have you get angry at me than nothing. So certainly I don't, I'm not looking for you to be angry, but, but I, I want to move you emotionally some way. Kind of shake you a little bit. This is too important. Your life, what God's doing in your life, you do have purpose because I know there's so many voices throughout the week that are telling you the exact opposite, that your life doesn't matter. It doesn't really count. It won't make a difference. And that's just not true. So the next verse, oh, you know what? I love this verse. It says, if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples. Jesus said that. What if you don't continue in his word? No, let's move on. Number three, develop your talents through service. Service is part of what we're, God's called us to do. 
Now, God gives us talents and gifts and abilities, and we can use those certainly for ourselves. But if we only use them for ourselves and we're not taking a portion of what God's given us and we sow it back into the kingdom, advancing the cause of Christ, caring for people that can't care for themselves, we are missing that. It says, put your heart and soul into every activity you do as though you are doing it for the Lord himself and not merely for others. How do you maintain enthusiasm regardless of what you're doing? Regardless of whether you have a job that is real unfulfilling, you don't feel like you're, you're being challenged, or maybe you're at home all the time and you're, you know, you're, you're on Zoom or you're changing diapers or, you know, we live this life and it has all kinds of mundane, mundane aspects to it. But he says, when you're doing it for God, it transforms something that is just mundane into something that has an eternal impact. And you're doing it for the Lord. And watch what God can do in your life when you start to use your life to bless others. At Vineyard, three things. One, we believe that every Christian is a minister, not a pastor. I understand that a pastor is different. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 says pastors' jobs are actually to equip ministers. My job is to equip you to be able to, for, so that you can go change the world. I didn't come up with that job description. God gave it to me. That's why we do growth track. We want to make sure each one of you, you're equipped. You've got clarity. Okay, I've got my purpose. I know what my gifts are. I'm going to go change the world. Then when you do that and you start walking in that, fulfilling that, that's my job. But your job is to to be a minister, to be a minister. Number two, every Christian has a spiritual gift. No one has nothing. Everyone has some talents. Now, Jesus tells in a, in, in, a, in a parable, he says that some people have a lot of talent, some people have less, but all of them. And God doesn't hold that against them. It's his choice. He's decided why some people have more talents than others. But all of us are accountable to use our gifts, use our talents uh, for God's sake, for Christ's sake. And then number three, every Christian needs a place to serve. You need a place to give out. You, if you just could eat and eat and eat and eat spiritually, you just get bigger and bigger and bigger. Eventually, all we can do is just roll you down the aisle. Maybe that's where Holy Rollers comes from. I don't know. But you're, you're not meant to do that. You're meant to be giving away, serving, regardless of your circumstances. In fact, it's part of our mental health is to be part of especially as a, as a Christ follower, serving and giving away. Now, let me just say, as we wrap it up, we went through nine different points, nine-point sermon. See, I, I didn't present it that way. It would have been overwhelming. I got nine points for you. Oh, no. But nine points, but let me say, out of these three things, body, mind, soul, you can do those and give your very best effort. But if it's just a rule, if it's just, you're just trying to be a good person, you still will not make the mark. You'll still fail. Because what's most important is that you have a relationship with Christ. It's not how many rules you can keep. In fact, for most of us, we realize we're not going to keep that many anyways. 
But that's not what's most important. What's most important is that you have a relationship with Christ. Life really is all about walking out our life with other people with God's help. And so that's the foundation. That's what I want to invite you to do right now. Not feel overwhelmed and burdened. Do what you do with God's help. Just say, God, I'm going to choose one thing with your help, your guidance, and you'll, you'll help me to, to do that without guilt, without shame, all that stuff that the enemy tries to accuse us and make us feel bad and do self-loathing. That's Satan's territory. God is all about loving you, building you up, telling you how much he, he cares about you, that you have a purpose, that you're made for something big, and he wants to be part of your life. Let's bow our heads and pray. Well, Holy Spirit, we just invite you here right now. You come. Help us, Lord. Lord, I I pray that you would help us to care for our bodies. Certainly we'll look better and feel better, but we'll live longer. But even more important, we'll be glorifying you with our body. We were created by you. Jesus, you paid for us. And Holy Spirit, you live in us. And for those reasons, we want to care for our bodies. Getting rest, exercising, having a balanced diet. And Lord, we submit our minds to you. We say, Lord, I know that not all my thoughts are pleasing to you. And sometimes I've let influences indiscriminately in my mind of what I watch, what I read. And so today, we say, God, I ask for forgiveness, for letting those things into my mind. And I also ask for cleansing. And would you say, God, help me to become spiritually fit. I don't want to be spiritually flabby. I want to grow with my Christian friends, with Bible reading, with blessing others in service. I want to invite you not to a program of rules, but into a relationship with Christ. And so some of you are here and that's what you need. That's your next step is to say yes to God. Say, God, thank you for sending Jesus Christ on the cro- and dying on the cross for my sins. I want the power of the resurrection that rose Jesus from the dead. I want that in my life today. And if that's you, I want to lead you in a prayer. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, some of you, God is speaking to you right now and has been saying, this is your moment. This is your time. Start fresh, start anew. And you do that through asking, going to God in prayer and asking for that. Saying, God, I need your, your fresh wind, your fresh spirit in my life. Let me pray for you. If, 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 if you're going to follow me in prayer and saying yes to God, I, I would like you to let me know. Just right where you're at, boldly, just put your hand up and say, I'm going to follow you in that prayer, Pastor. I'm going to follow Yep, bless you. Okay, yep. Anybody else? I see you on the side, in the back. Okay, put your hands down. Follow me in this prayer. Say, God, 
give me a fresh start. You cleanse me. Help me to see myself the way you see me. That I'm lovable, usable, forgivable. Then would you say, God, forgive me for trying to do Christianity on my own, in my own efforts. Trying to be a good person. I want to just abandon all of that. Recognize I need your grace, your power to make this thing happen day to day, moment by moment. Then invite the Holy Spirit into your life. Say, Spirit of Christ, you are welcome here in my body, in my mind, in my spirit. Make your home here. And before we end in prayer, I want to pray over you. Father, I pray against the accuser. Some of you are being tormented constantly in your sleep during the day. Satan is whispering lies about you. That you're not forgivable. That you're a bum that you have no value. And so God, I speak against those words of accusation or that we would submit our minds to you and say, God, we believe that we are what you say we are. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you congratulate those who prayed that prayer? You know, I'm real proud of you. I think it's always a big deal when you make a decision or another decision or whenever you up your ante with with God, you say, God, I'm I'm all in again or I'm all in for the first time. That's a big deal. And I I just want to say I'm proud of you. Let me know about anything we can pray for you about. If you have, if you prayed with me just now, I'd love to hear about that as well. On the seat back uh, in front of you, there's a connect card for you to let us know about what's going on in your life. There's also a QR code you can let us know as well. If you're, if you're going to be serving on the, on the, on the 11 o'clock Dream Team, uh, then you can go ahead and, and go now. Uh, we also have Growth Track. Growth Track, uh, step three is today, where you can learn more about uh, how God wired you, how he designed you, and, uh, and the way God's gifted you so that you can t- deploy that for, for Christ's sake. Also, if you'd like to give financially to uh, Vineyard, uh, I know a number of you are kind of in an automated routine. That's great. Uh, for some of you, uh, maybe you're new or that's not, that's not your routine. Uh, this is a great way to give right now, especially if you want to support our vision of this church, which is to help people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Okay? And there's some ways that you can do that. You can text 45777, put VCC in the amount, or go online old-fashioned check and you can put your connect cards or a check in the clear box that's mounted on the wall as you leave would you stand with me in prayer we're going to close in a final song i want to pray over each of you father we thank you lord that you are the author and finisher of our faith you're the one who makes this whole thing come together this isn't about religion and keeping rules 
about following you, continuing in your work, being your disciple. Lord, you call each one of us to follow you. And today we declare one more time, count me in, I will follow you. We pray this in Jesus' name.